This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to a special Catholic Roundup Advent Calendar episode of the Catholic Foodie, Silent Night. Welcome to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm Jeff Young, your host, and I'm very glad that you are here. Uh, Here we are, the day before Christmas. It is Christmas Eve, December 24th, and I thought it'd be good to get together and to talk a bit about Jesus, of course, God coming in the flesh, uh, and the, the, the way that he has come to us, because God knows who we are. He knows humanity. He made us. He's got the instruction manual, and he came to us in a way that was most perfect. And we're going to talk about that today here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, I think it is most appropriate today that we talk about the Incarnation. We're going to talk about Jesus, right? God coming to us in the flesh, the Word made flesh. Uh, This is the day that we celebrate, or Christmas is the time we celebrate the Incarnation. We celebrate God coming to us, right? Emmanuel, God with us. And what I'd like to look at in particular is how He came to us. He didn't come to us as a... um, in a flashy kind of a way, like a theophany, like in the Old Testament, right? When God spoke to the people from the mountain and there was the mountain was wreathed in smoke and fire and, you know, lightning and thunder and, and, and people are falling down backwards when God speaks and they're terrified. It's not a theophany like that. Uh, Jesus, actually, he comes to us in silence, in the quiet. Oh, silent night, right? Silent night, holy night. He comes to us in silence. So this is the time when he comes to be with us, to be one with us, to become one of us. And he does so in silence. You see, one of the things that one of the things that really gets me about the incarnation is that, you know, humanity is not perfect. Humanity is, uh, of course, we have, we're, we're sinful, and uh, in addition to being sinful, we're just, I, I don't know, I don't know what to, we're, we're bodily, we're, we're burdened, we're weak, we're, um, uh, we fail in many, many different ways uh, in our own lives, you know, and all this stuff is kind of like, uh, just just imperfect, it's all so imperfect, and Jesus because he's not afraid of that. God is not, he shows us in the incarnation that he's not afraid of our garbage. He's not afraid of, of humanity. He's not afraid of, of pain or, or, or sickness or death or anything like that. He is not afraid. He comes to us as one of us. He becomes one of us to, to, to experience, to feel, to know us, uh, more deeply, to love us more, more deeply. And it, in, in taking on our, our flesh, in taking on our condition, he transforms it. And, you know, spirituality is not the same now as it was before the incarnation. Uh, you know, when you think of spirituality, you think of the spiritual, you're trying to be a spiritual person, you think of someone who is in prayer, who is uh, trying to uh, escape the body in a sense, uh, to, to become more spiritual and less less um, uh, caught up in the physical world. 
But it's, it's like since the incarnation when Jesus, who is God, right, the Word made flesh, pure spirit, became man, became one of us, it really enfleshed our faith. It enfleshed our spirituality. So to be spiritual isn't necessarily to be a guru, right? You don't have to be a guru. You, you can come to know God in a very intimate, very powerful way simply by living your regular life, just like he did for 30 years before he started his public ministry, living your regular life in your family. You can come to know God intimately, deeply, personally, powerfully in that. It's spiritual. We don't have to be a guru. We don't have to uh, put away the body in order to be spiritual. Uh, and that's a, I think that's a powerful thing that, to, to remember about the Incarnation. But think of this. You know, we rejoice today because our Savior is born. Our Savior comes. He is born. And that God has personally come to save us. He's not afraid of our sin. He's not afraid to touch us. And in complete humility, He comes to us as a baby. Not as a king. Not as a, uh, a, a grown adult, uh, but he comes to us in weakness. He comes to us as a baby, totally dependent on father and mother. Uh, He was born in poverty, in a stable, under humiliating conditions. So he doesn't come once again. He is the king of kings and lord of lords, but he doesn't come to us as that. Uh, he, He is the God of the universe, but he comes to us in weakness, in darkness, Right? Not afraid to come to us in the darkness of our lives. He comes to us in darkness. And he comes to us in silence. And amidst the clamor of the world, amidst all of the, the craziness of our lives, uh, all the anger and the selfishness and the hatred, and all the stuff that we have in our world today, he comes. And you know, silence will be a hallmark of his life. Jesus comes to us in the silence of the crib, the silence of Egypt. We see that, right, in Luke's gospel, the flight to Egypt, in hiding in Egypt. He's, he has to flee to get there in the, in the, in the darkness of night, in the silent of, silence of the night, and he's gone in silence. We hear nothing about him until they return. So we have the silence of the crib, the silence of Egypt. The silence of Nazareth. We hear very, very little in the Gospels about the, the majority of Jesus' life in Nazareth, with living regular family life with his mother and father. We know very little about that. So the silence of Nazareth. The silence of the desert. When Jesus is baptized by John and starts his public ministry, he flees to the desert. And for 40 days, it's a time of silence. We know about the temptations, but the majority of that is just silence, right? The silence of the desert. The silence of prayer. Time and again, we see Jesus going into the hills to pray. The silence of the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. When the disciples, the apostles fell asleep. The silence of Calvary, where Jesus rests his head in death, right? In the silence of death on Calvary. The silence of the tomb for three days. 
and you can say even the silence of the resurrection, because we don't know. We know it happened, of course. We know, uh, we hear stories in the Gospels about that, but as far as we know, there was no one there when it happened, right? There was no one there when it happened. So even the silence of the resurrection. And for us today, we can look at this, and we can see the silence of the Eucharist. Jesus present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the form of bread, in the appearance, under the appearance of bread and wine. And is that not a silent presence? Uh, it takes the eyes of faith to see, to believe, to know what the Eucharist or who the Eucharist is. And he remains there in silence. But he's there for us. So I guess one of the questions I thought of about tonight, this, this silent night, this holy night, is if we want to meet Jesus today, if we want to meet him as he comes to us in Christmas, how do we meet him? Where do we go? I would think that we should meet him in silence. He comes to us in silence, we can meet him in silence. Especially for the Christmas Mass, right? The silence of the Eucharist, where we meet him in a personal, deep way. And we thank him for coming to us, thank him for touching us, touching our lives, and for giving himself to us. And in the silence of our hearts, to be able to offer ourselves to him. So here, here he is, Jesus, coming to us in silence, and we can meet him there and hand to him our own lives. You know, this is um, this is the Catholic foodie, so I figured we have to say something about food uh, in relation to this night, this wonderful night. Um, and I thought of this: Have you ever thought, like I do, say I think of all these weird word things, <laughs> kind of like uh, puns or play on words. I always um, I have these weird things that go through my head, and here's here's one of them that came to me uh, a number of years ago. And I, I, I can't help but try to put these these two things together uh, to make sense of them. <clears throat> but you know, after Jesus is born, Mary wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a what? A manger. A manger. And a manger is where, of course, animals eat, right? It's where they feed. And do you know that the word manger comes to us from uh, the Italian, which comes from the Latin, right, uh, to eat. It means to eat. Uh, so a manger is, is to eat. Uh, so they place the baby Jesus, God made man, 
in a feed trough, right? The word of which means to eat. Now, add to that the fact that the, the name Bethlehem, where he is born, Bethlehem, actually means, it's the city of David, right? But it actually means, the word means house of bread. House of bread. So here you have the word made flesh, born in the house of bread, placed in a manger. Does that not hint to us something of the Eucharist? I think so. I think it does. Uh, here we are, later in life, he is going to speak in John chapter 6, he's going to speak very clearly uh, to uh, to his disciples and to the Jews about who he is, and he's going to call himself the bread of life, the bread of life, who was born in the house of bread, and uh, who he says very clearly that you have to eat that bread of life in order to have life. You have to eat his body and drink his blood. And where was he born? What was he placed in? A manger. So that's just a little thought uh, that I'd like to share with you. Uh, it's a, uh, something that uh, has been, I don't know, kind of popping in and out of my head for, for years now. So uh, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> also, before we close out today's special edition, this special episode of uh, The Catholic Foodie, I do want to tell you a bit about what we're going to have on Christmas Eve, this night. In uh, our family, I mean, we normally have this huge, you know, uh, spread for Christmas Eve and family over and everything else. Well, my mom and dad are going to come over and be with us uh, tonight. And we're, we're not going to do like the big, huge, fancy spread. Actually, what we're going to be making uh, are muffaladas, uh, muffaladas, which are kind of Italian-like sandwiches. I've talked about these on the show before in the past. Uh, matter of fact, Robert Simpson and I, a good friend of mine, went to Central Grocery down in New Orleans on, I believe it's Decatur Street. And uh, this was a couple of months ago. And we, we had uh, um, the original muffalata. Uh, the, the, the sandwich itself was created in that particular restaurant or deli, Central Grocery. It has a deli inside. And uh, that was where the original muffalata was created. And these things are just incredibly delicious. Uh, so what is in a muffalata? Uh, well, first of all, they use a, a round loaf. It's a, it's a kind of a light Italian bread, not, not a heavy one, a light uh, bread, uh, uh, kind of like a bun, but it's, it's a big loaf. It's a big round loaf, and it has uh, sesame seeds on top. And uh, you just slice that thing in half, you know, across in the, in, in the middle to where you have a top and a bottom. And inside of that, you are going to uh, place sliced ham, uh, also uh, uh, Genoa salami, uh, mortadella. You can also put provolone cheese and uh, maybe another cheese, either... You could use uh, uh, mozzarella, you could use uh, Swiss, uh, whatever else you would like. And then here's the crowning point, the crowning uh, point of this particular sandwich is, the, um, uh, is an olive salad, an, Ita an Italian olive salad mix, which uh, has got carrots and cauliflower and different kind of olives and all of that, onions, I believe, uh, garlic, perhaps, uh, and Italian spices, all in like this olive oil. 
that's been soaking. And uh, you take that and you spread it all over the uh, over the, uh, the the top part of the the bun, and uh, you you just mash that thing down. It is so delicious. It's it's so good. Uh, now that that's the traditional. The the original sandwich comes like that. It is. It, they don't do anything else to it. They just make it. They have the, the 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 olive salad there, and they serve it to you at room temperature. But what I like to do personally is I'll take a little olive oil. And put it in a pan. And now this is a huge sandwich. All right, it's a huge. It's a loaf. Okay, you're making a loaf. It's a round loaf. I'll put pictures on the website, but it's a round loaf. And I take a little olive oil, put it into a pan, uh, heat that pan up over I don't know maybe medium heat, and uh, I will I will put the sandwich in the pan and kind of fry the bottom and fry the top. And I say fry. I mean just put a little bit of oil so it doesn't stick. Uh, but what I'm doing is I'm heating it up and kind of toasting the edges on the outside, inside of the, 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 the top and the bottom. And it, it may uh, heat up the inside and melt the cheese a little bit. I mash it down, make it more easier to uh, to eat. But I like it hot. It's really good when it's hot. I guess you could probably even put it in the, to- in the, the oven if you wanted to, but that might dry it out a little too much. I don't want it dry. I just want it to heat it up. So very, very good stuff. Muffaladas, I will put... Um, the recipe on the website, so you'll have uh, you could you can check that out. I also want to mention that uh, the music that I played earlier, the Oh Holy Night, comes from an album uh, that is is made by um, a band called L'Angelus, L'Angelus, and they're out of Lafayette, Louisiana. It's a Catholic family band. They do incredible work. I love their music, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes. To uh, to their website, uh, L'Angelus, this Christmas CD, this Christmas album, it's it's a new one, and it is available on iTunes as well. So you may want to check that out. Beautiful, beautiful music. Uh, L'Angelus, and the link will be in the show notes. So anyway, from the young family over here at the Catholic Foodie to your family, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And until next time, bon appétit. Catholic New Media.